I'm Christian Bush. And I'm Cindy Watts. Welcome to our podcast, 52. I turned 52 this year, believe it or not, and I am releasing 52 songs to celebrate. This podcast looks at the relationship between my 52 new songs and 52 of my most popular songs from my back catalog with plenty of stories and laughs along the way. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Christian. You have a dad joke look on your face. <laughs> we, can we make a t-shirt out of that? You've got a dad joke look on your face. Of course. <laughs> you know, I've never played paintball before, but I decided to give it a shot. <sighs> okay, then. Hmm. No. No. Well, this week's episode is really special because this is our listener episode. This is uh, people, we can't believe there are people listening to this, but I'm so glad there are. We're so excited you're here. Um, and there are people have sent in questions and uh, we are now going to read through them and then uh, answer them the best that we can uh, so that we might clear up any confusion that you might have or we might explore new rabbit holes. Yes. All right. So tell us, uh, Cindy, you, you have the I you have, have the, the magic chalice of questions, right? I do. So what this really means is I'm going to ask Christian questions and he's going to answer them. But yeah, you're not going to be listening to me talk. You're going to hear him talk about. Maybe, maybe we will do a role reversal for one of them and you can answer the way you think I should answer or. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> do I get to pick the question? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What's in your dressing room? Can I answer that question? Like what should be in your yeah. I'm voting for like a Coke Zero and the Golden Girls. That's my vote. <laughs> and puppies. And puppies. All right. Oh, have we started yet? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, this question is from Bridget Ellis. Okay. Hi, Bridget. Um, hi, Bridget. When you are at that red light or stop sign dictating those words for Tennessee plates, how do you mesh or decide the tone of the music to put with it? Does it come quickly? Does it need a certain cadence? It's a good question. Um, I, I've been learning more recently that um, words have a cadence to themselves. Mm -hmm. And the more naturally you fit the cadence of the, the word or the sentence into the melody, the more effortless it feels. It feels as if it just already existed with songs. So God bless the town I came from. You can't really stretch those out. That they, they they sound like dun dun da 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 da. So if you keep that rhythm the same, you can mess around with the melody all you feel like. Um, and and then I and then I think the melodies that are in your head are things that you absorb through absorb through your life. So that particular song, I would say, Bridget, um, sounds like Appalachian music. Like that little melody. It sounds like uh, something that I would have put into the musical Troubadour or something. It's like uh, something you'd, it's like um, like an Amazing Grace type of small wooden church melody in the old Methodist hymnal or something. <laughs> it's a dulcimer melody. Yeah. Well, thank you for that question. I love it. All right. Um, let's see. This question is from Becky Nichols. <clears throat> Becky Nichols. Okay. Becky Nichols. 
Let's see, in recent years, you have started to produce other artists. Are these artists that reach out to you or are they artists that you find and have an interest in to produce? Hmm. Um, that's a good question. Um, a lot of times productions on the, the higher level are brought to me. So it'd be somebody I know um, that is close to me that uh, considers that I, I would be well-matched for an artist. Um, a lot of times, you know, because especially in country music, the production that people know me for would be like Lindsay L, things like that. They will bring me females um, and because of Sugarland, because I produce all that. And, and, and also because of Lindsay, they'll bring me people that are new rather than people that are established, um, which I think is just a function of that. I, I would be just as happy to produce a, you know, a, a Faith Hill record or a, uh, Martina McBride record as I would, you know, a brand new artist. Um, currently, I'm working with an artist named Megan Maroney. Um, you should go listen to her music. I just produced her new music and had produced some stuff for her previously. But she came to us through the UGA music business program with David Barbie. She was our intern <laughs> in Atlanta. <laughs> For um, for our studio, for the Songs of the Architect. And my brother and I take an intern, you know, every semester. And David uh, sends us, you know, particular people. And she, she was our intern and, you know, had to file things for us and listen to all my songs and document them and, you know, chase stuff on the internet and do our royalties and stuff like that. And... Um, then she came to us and said, hey, would you listen to my music? I'd love for you to produce a song or two. And so that was just her chutzpah. Um, but, um, you know, like you brought me Alexa. Alexis. Alexis. Sorry. Um, uh, Wilkins. And and we're still sort of talking about working together. Um, but things like, you know, when I produce Matt Nathanson or I produce um, Ellis Paul, uh, a lot of those productions are coming from the artists themselves looking at me for whatever they think I can bring. A lot of times the folk guys are asking me to be more commercial because I'm sort of <laughs> by nature, like a, a commercial producer, but I, 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 I prefer to make things that are already interesting. Also very popular rather than just dumbing something down to make it popular. I love that. <laughs> but that's how and, they come to me. And now my brain is going, hmm, who could you do that for? Who do I know? <laughs> you know, I've really, I've always wanted to get to a point where somebody asks me to produce an artist that you all know, because yeah. I don't think anyone really has like done the math as much as I have that I think I'm on album number 70 something that I've made in my life. Oh, so I've made enough of them to like, Give me Brad Paisley. Let me make that record. You know, like oh, I vote for that. Like, 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 let me add it because I have nothing to prove, and it's I, I just want to make the best possible thing we can make. Lovely. We're gonna text Brad when this is over and say, <laughs> "Hey, man, we have an idea. What do you think? We have an yeah. idea." Okay. Um, this is also from Becky Nichols. She sent three questions. The Sugarland live shows have had some great openers, Little Big Town, Sarah Barillas, Jake Owen, and many more. If you had to be an opening act again, who would you want to open for and travel with? <laughs> the band still has to be touring and alive. 
Oh, okay. I love a good uh, boundary on a question. Um, funny enough, I love being the opening act. That's, Have we had this conversation before? N- no, but that means you get the bad parking spot and the smallest I, I don't really room. care about this parking spot and I really don't care about the dressing room. What I care about is making my band so good that you're a little nervous to go on after us. I love that. And um, that's always a great place to start. Um, but I, I love to go out. I would love for Dark Water to go out and open for Dead and Company. Oh, that's fun. I would love for um, me as a solo act to be out with like um, a band like uh, Old Dominion or um, somebody else in that kind of same world. Even Darius, you know, I've opened for Darius before as a solo act and that was always a good pairing because I I bring a party when I have a solo thing. Um, I would love for Billy Pilgrim to go out and open for, you know, someone in country music because I think it would be an interesting way for you to see how two guys with acoustic guitars maneuver around entertainment. So that would be a great pairing for somebody like Little Big Town or um, even Miranda. I mean, it'd be really interesting because it's just two guys. We literally show up on a a rental car. Say in a Volkswagen. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And what's fun, also, if you go back through the Sugarland openers, um, uh, you'll find that we had the wonderful pleasure of being able to pick who we wanted um, based on their talent, not on their ticket sales. So at the time, you know, uh, Little Big Town weren't what they are now, uh, nor was Sarah Bareilles. And uh, nor was Matt or, or Jake or any of these people, but we loved them. We loved what it brought to the ticket value of the listener. If we brought our fans into a room and we said, man, I want to turn you on to something cool. That's why I do it. My most nervous ask right now is if you gave me a chance to open for Muna, I would lose my shit. Why is that? Because it's my favorite band right now. I see. I think you should tell people more about Muna. You think so? I do, because I bet that I bet that a lot of people listening to this don't know who they are. Don't know who that is. Muna is three girls from Southern California that started a band about four or five years ago. And um, I went to see them for the first time two years ago. It was like mid-pandemic. And uh, they played um, at the smallest room over at the Marathon Music Works, wherever the smallest room there is. Mm -hmm. And I went and I saw the show and I had heard some of the music, but I I was going because I had heard a song. Right. And I had every feeling coming off that stage that I created with Sugarland. Oh, wow. And it blew my mind. I felt like I belonged to a community. Wow. And no one there was like me. And I just jumped up and down for two and a half hours. And they had me right there. I will be a fan forever. Because they were singing arena songs in a tiny club. And it cha- it's like they changed the world for me. And then I tried to go imitate their songs and I suck at it. Um, but I, I just love being a fan. 
so that's what I am. I'm a fan of Muda. Awesome. All right. Okay, this is from Bernie Stockmar. Bernie Stockmar. Mm-hmm. What is the most personal song you've ever written, recorded, and why? Or is there one you didn't dare record or wouldn't feel comfortable discussing publicly? Well, isn't that the type of question that would come from somebody like you, Cindy Watts? You know, uh, there are some songs that become so personal that you don't, you don't record them or you don't play them. And I think that's okay. Usually they're, uh, they're songs that are on your way to another song. Right. You know, they lead you to something that, um, something that can get there. Uh, for for me, I, I wrote a song when uh, my, I, you know, I think I probably talked about this before, maybe not here on the podcast, but my mother died of complications to hep C right after they could identify it, but before they had cured it to whatever degree they've got a cure for it now. Mm-hmm. They can put it in re- remission. And um, at the time, uh, it was a new discovery for her because she had been a nurse and maybe she had gotten it on a needle prick or couldn't have figured it out. And, and when we did a lot of digging, there was a chance that during my birth, she got whole blood uh-huh. and that it could have happened then because, you know, hep C is a very slow moving disease. It doesn't kill you overnight. It takes 20, 30 years to, and uh, it cirrhosis your liver. And by the time she figured it out, she was in her fifties. And about that time, my brother and I, immediately, she sent us in for testing. And Brandon tested positive, and I tested negative. But it tested negative in some sort of weird way, like, you've been exposed, but your body has recovered. And that summer, um, I wrote a song, because Brandon went into treatment right after mom died. And I wrote a song about kind of what it's like in families to have trusted a doctor. <laughs> and and I imagined what it was like for where that psyche came from for years. And it starts with uh, the president's got polio. What are we going to do? Right? It's, um, you know, it goes all the way up back to Roosevelt, right. you know, with polio. And, and, and then, because I have a polio vaccine in my arm, I have the little... Little circle. Little circle. And I wondered what it was like for my parents to get that to put their kid in that, trust them that, you know, that's going to help. It's going to, it's going to save my kid. And then I had a, a girlfriend who lost her mom to in high school to cancer. And I, there's a verse about that. And then it gets to the last verse and it's me looking at my brother's window across the street where we lived. And I, it just, it, it, it kills me every time I try to sing it that I'm watching his porch light and wondering what's going in his mind during that time that we had just lost our mom. So I was in deep grief, but I was really using my songwriting craft to ask these questions. What do we do now? Can anybody help us? And that song is so personal. I can't perform it. Wow. I can tell you about it. And it has the same weight almost. That was really cathartic for me to even tell you right now. But um, yeah, there are things that are so close. Now, I think at some point, either I want someone else to record that or I need to have the the time will come where it, the the emotion will fade just enough 
you know. I got a couple of songs that are coming out maybe on the third volume of this that are um, pretty angry. And I'm not necessarily an angry person. But when I get upset, um, I, I get upset uh, w- for particular reasons. And I, I was a little nervous to put those on because everybody thinks I'm the happy guy. Well, and, yeah. uh, uh, but I think I need to. So um, to, to answer his question, uh, we'll find out in a four or five months. <laughs> but, um, but yes, there are songs that are too personal. And I think that's okay. I, I, I don't, I mean, if you've ever written a letter and torn it up, I think that's okay. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. And, uh, and I don't think just because you are a writer or a fan of a writer that they owe you their private spots. I think that's a deal you make pretty early on when you're a fan, when I'm a fan of a band. Right. Tell me what you want me to hear. This is from Davis McPherson. How long did it take you to write and record all 52 songs you were releasing? Or are they all written yet? And now that you were in the middle of this, would you ever plan to do something like this again? Hmm. Uh, Most of these songs are being pulled from 15 years worth of uh, recording. Am I writing any constantly? I'll I'll tell you, a certain subset of them before, you know, I, I find them, I'm like, oh, let's put this one on it. I'll open it up and I might change some lyrics or I might re-sing it. Or I'm like, you can hear that, especially on volume two here, I had two fun days in the studio with Benji Shanks playing over the top of everything. So there's a little bit of dark water on every one of the songs. That's great. <laughs> um, so I'm revisiting them. Most of them have been written. I am considering writing a few for the back of it. Um, but originally I was just going to record them all and put them all out at one time. And um, I was advised by the wonderful people who surround me that it would probably be smarter and easier to consume and none of the songs would get lost if we did it in four releases. Did I get all of the answers? I believe so. Let's see. Okay. This this is from Erica Manning. Okay. All of the songs of all of the songs you have written and recorded in your career. What song has surprised you the most once it was released? Surprised me the most once it was released. <laughs> I guess that could work either way, positive or negative. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was pretty convinced um, when we were getting ready to release Southern Gravity which is my solo record that trailer hits should be the song. Like uh-huh. it was the infectious song and it made sense because on the previous records, you got to remember the song that I had put the single before that was stuck like glue was the first single off of incredible machine. And then before that was all I want to do. And before that was want to, and before that was baby girl. So first singles were a thing. A thing, Yes. Right. And, um, I felt like that fit into the the piece of it, but there was a big fight inside that 
group of people at that label for a song called Flip Flops to be the first song. Well, right. And, uh, I was kind of on the side of man, flip flop sounds just exactly like Kenny Chesney life. Like this would, this would, this would be out of the sugar land lane and be a brand new thing. And that song, it doesn't matter who sings it. That one like kind of does its job. So I was really surprised when trailer hitch started to work. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh, is this really happening? And then that's when I had to get kind of honest with myself. Like, Oh, you write, (laughs) you write, uh, infectious little ditties. Like, and and I'd never written a drinking song before. So I thought even flip flops would be fun because it was a drinking song and people in country music love drinking songs. They do. That surprised me. All right. All right. Let's see. Is that the last? Oh no, we have a, Oh, okay. Okay. I I like this last one. This is an Australian one. Okay. Right. All right. Uh, was this, uh, Lisa, Lisa Gartner. Yep. Do you have a favorite song from this project so far or from the whole list of 52 songs? And when are you coming back to Australia? (laughs) I love this. And I love that, um, that Southern gravity took me to Australia along with Sugarland, but there are some great fans down there and some great music being made. But I would say this, um, Lisa, so far, my favorite song uh, from 52, I would have to say is uh, a song called Heart of Yours. It's mainly because I'm not sure I could ever perform it the way it was recorded because it's just cooler than me. It's better than me. It's like the version of me that has a filter on it on like Instagram where it's like a cat. It's like a musical catfish filter that makes me look hot and interesting and cool. And, and I I could never do it, but I love the song. Well, how, I mean, that's in you somewhere. Well, it was in me one minute, but I mean, it was one of those things where I sang it. Uh, for the band. Then we recorded it. And when I listened back to it, I think to myself, how did I possibly do that? That seems impossible. And I, even when I try to like, I'll try to sing along with it, like in the shower or in the car. And I'm like, God, I can't even do that. That's so good. So it, it would take a crap ton of practice for me to get back to whatever that accidental genius was that moment. It's just like, yeah, if I lost 35 pounds and I did this to my, you know, hair or whatever, that's what people think that they think they're better looking some other way than they are, which is totally wrong. But um, yeah, I think that's my favorite song right now. Now that's going to change as soon as you know about all the other songs. But um, I reserve the right to change my mind. Awesome. Well, I think that's all our questions. Wonderful. Well, um, then let's just go ahead and... uh, and move along and say, thank you all for your questions. Please send in more things. There's a, um, there's a phone number, there's an email. Um, you can find us. Uh, I know 52, the podcast even has a Twitter feed. Now you can go poke around in there. You can find Cindy, you can find me, but thank you for listening to us and for sending your wonderful questions. in. I hope you learn something. Hey everybody, Christian Bush here. Cindy Watts. And we would like to thank you for joining us for another episode of 52.
If you'd like to write us with questions or comments, you can contact us at 52thepodcast at gmail.com. That is the number 52. Also, remember, the best way to help us is to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. Please and thank you. You can follow me at Christian Bush on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you can follow Cindy at Cindy Watts on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as well. Thank you for listening, and please join us next week.